0: Welcome to the fifth episode of VSWall2024 Recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Holmstone and joining me as always are the Canadian who likes being tied up in public and beaten with a stick, Logan Saunders. Good afternoon. The David Bindley special, that one. And the guy who knows it doesn't matter what he picks us, it's always crooked, David Bindley. Good morning. Good morning. We are on a timer this week because we have given Fuzzy the Pete Yanker's gamble of whether we will preamble for more or less than 15 minutes. We've no idea whether she's going to take it or not. But now we have to decide what we think is going to happen so that we can inevitably fuck her with the bingo card if she picks it.
1: Well, there's no traders this
0: week. Well, the straight is US. <laughs> we get to relish in, uh, in Dan's downfall. Who? Who indeed. But um, I believe I described his takedown as a nuclear level event. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a delightful piece of television and um, thoroughly deserved. It was hilarious. Wonderful.
2: Apparently he was really quiet during the game, which does not work for Traitors or Mafia. That's usually how you get banished early, is if you don't say much.
0: <laughs> yeah, because he basically tried to play the same game he did in Big Brother, which is stay quiet at the start and then kick ass at the end. Only he was way too suspiciously quiet at the start of the game and had Janelle in there, who's played with him in Big Brother before, and called him out as doing the exact same thing again and again and again. And that was pretty much what brought him down in the end. Excellent. Also very interesting that all of the votes uh, in the last episode went to traitors. There's three traitors in the game and they were the only people who got votes.
2: Yeah, I noticed that.
0: Very rare that that happens. As we mentioned last week as well, with the bingo card, we knew Fuzzy hadn't got the banner. Pretty sure she's going to get the banner this week. I I suspect I know which one she's going to go for. And I'm going for the obvious banner this week. It is obviously going to be Euro and screaming at Rosario in the... (laughs) In the square. Logan, I don't think, has seen this, which is even funnier, because Logan had to skip that second challenge.
2: I think I was, it happened right before I yeah. had to skip. Is that where he screams, like, Rosario! Yeah. Rosario! Yeah. Yeah, that's like the last bit I got to see. <laughs> it's like calling your calling a child over to answer the telephone and talk to Grandma. Yeah, so
0: Logan, <laughs> Logan doesn't know who the mole was from the original Mexico season, so we're gonna do this episode as spoiler-free as we can. He hasn't seen most of the second challenge... And as a result, we're going to be skirting around the bits where the mole actually appears. Or the old mole actually appears, I should say. Pretty sure Fuzzy's going to pick that as the banner. I'm going to go for the obvious one, because obviously, we are heartbroken to say
2: goodbye to your own this
0: week. Oh,
2: I had a feeling. I had him, as as soon as I dropped him to the bottom of my suspect list, I was thinking, well, same thing happened with Justin, where as soon as I dropped him to the bottom at the start of an episode, he went home uh, towards the, by the end of it, so...
0: The squares that Fuzzy did get last week, though, were very impressive. They There were some impressive direct hits, just not a lot of them last week. We managed to skirt it, thanks to me editing up until about two and a half hours before the episode came out. That cannot happen this week, because I'm away with work on Wednesday. I have also got an update I know everyone's been waiting for, because yeah. uh, something that I did mean to mention um, a few weeks ago is the fact that, sadly, the dog son has got a, or had a, sorely poor. Um, he he wasn't well over Christmas. He had a massive cut on his paw because he was a little bit rambunctious. We got some very miserable photos of him um, wearing a cone because obviously he wasn't allowed out, and he was very sad. I was at Mum and Dad's on Sunday. Heard his dad across the uh, the roundabout near Mum and Dad's house, and he sprinted for me. It's the first time he's seen me in about six months, and he's uh. a very very good boy. Yeah. So Ludo is doing well. He's the absolute best still, and. I think it's fair to say that this wasn't as bad an episode as the past couple, but that's also a very low bar. Mm -hmm.
2: No, I liked it more than last week, but this first challenge... It's a continuation of, what, four awful, awful, awful challenges in a row? Yeah.
0: For the official um, PC Yanker's Gamble... Previously, the three eliminated players successfully won a chance to return by sneaking past three others in a market, while the other four ran down the clock in search of yokers. In Merida, Babs came out on top in her Redemption Island duel, while the remaining seven puzzled their way to a loss on a boat trip. The episode ended as Yeroen opened a box and revealed Babs's return. Can I also point out, I did write that before we actually saw that it was Babs coming back, but let's be honest, we knew. It would have been so great if it was somebody else. Oh, I would have laughed so hard if it wasn't Babs, but... The problem here is obviously it messes up a lot of things for us, because it messes up the pool in that I then have to go, well, actually in the rules I have written this, but also it shouldn't be used four weeks in. And on top of that, it does kind of mess up First Suspicions. Nobody looks good on First Suspicions this week, because I have to literally add basically ten points to everyone's scores because of Babs coming back. There's only two people in the entire thing, one of whom is you, who didn't put Babs in last. Oh god, is Logan winning? No, Logan is not winning. (laughs) (laughs) Spoilers for the end of the episode, Logan is still one of the bottom three. (laughs) Of course. Because he put Rhian in tenth and Babs in ninth. Logan is the only person I believe with still both of his bottom two. Because no one else is that silly.
1: Well, Logan's used to be in the bottom. Jesus
0: so Rick says that by picking a key, own sealed Yip, Justin, and Babs' fates. The big question is how everyone else will react to someone coming back and knowing potentially more upon their return, including who the mole isn't. Jeroen opens the lilac box, as we saw last week, and reveals Babs, the chaos option, is returning to the game. They'd all realise that someone was in it, which is also hilarious, and they leave without saying goodbye to Yip and Justin.
2: They remain locked in the box and just have to tap on it.
0: Do you think that Yip and Justin were actually in those boxes?
2: We heard tapping. Would they, add, would they um, add in that sound effect? Maybe.
0: I was thinking about this yesterday when I was driving. Like, it wouldn't make any sense for them to put Yip and Justin in the boxes knowing that the key wasn't going to open it. You just pull them to one side and go, listen, you guys, they haven't picked your key. You are going home. And then not tell Babs that and just sneak her into a box. There's no way that they put Yip and Justin in those boxes,
2: I don't think. If they were in those boxes, it'd be like uh, that episode of The Simpsons where Cressy the Clown tries to make his comeback on TV and his and his little door doesn't open and he doesn't get to come back on TV for another five years.
1: Did they know it was a person when they opened it? or they They were
0: talking about it being someone inside the box.
1: Yeah. So they, that,
0: like, they'd sort of worked out that it was going
1: to be a returning twist, I think. Yeah, because I, I remember Fonsat, like saying, you know, who is it? And I'm pretty sure they, they weren't actually told.
0: No, they weren't told. The line from Rick last week, I believe, was, you get to keep whatever's in the box. Yeah. But they'd realised that, you know, it was people-sized, it was probably going to be a person. Yeah. And it wasn't going to be a traitor situation where they just introduce someone five weeks into the show and go... You know what? They might also be a mole. You might have two moles this season. Corbin Burnson would
2: go along with that theory.
0: Corbin Benson would go along with any theory. So the episode title is Return. Babs tells everyone how she ended up returning and she says she'll be a good person to be in a buncher with but tells us that she will lie about what Yip and Justin told her just to cause a bit of confusion.
2: Oh, it's a Chris Underwood
0: situation. And it's now day nine in Merida. Rick meets them and tells them that they're keeping it simple today. <laughs> The key for it simple today. This time, they can tell him how much they want to earn, and if it's correct, they will earn it for the pot. They need to make four pairs, and one pair needs to come with him immediately. Babs hijacks Rosario immediately, leaving Your Own to go with his second choice, which is Fons, Anna, and Rianne and Case, and two are the other pairs. And Your Own again takes the lead and volunteers him and Fons to come
2: with Rick. Should we be looking at Rosario a bit more as a potential mole, given that he did lose three K single-handedly and? Babs was very, very quick to team up with him.
0: I was going to get into this at the end, because there was a theory that I was told on Instagram last night, which I am taking with a dead sea worth of salt, that Rosario is the mole. Mm -hmm. In that he sent two questions to Yit, and obviously you lost 3k this week. If he is the mole... Then it's a really boring option because, yet again, it's another young male player as the mole for the fourth time in five seasons. We'd have a male mole. He would also be yet another mole under the age of forty. Which, outside of Renee, who was the last over forty mole?
2: Uh, <laughs> your own, Your own was was your own. He looks he well. He looked like he was sixty, but
0: was your own over forty?
2: He had to be. He, he, he was, he, his beard was completely grey.
0: I don't count him as a mole anyway, so in terms of the actual regular series, <laughs> uh, the last over 40s mole outside of Renee was like ages ago. Genuinely ages ago. Go back to Sri Lanka, I think. Meryl was 40. Yeah, she's not a mole. Yeah. But yeah, you're going back a fair way to find a mole who is not under the age of 40 again. But he would just be a really boring option because he's just not that good telly, I would say.
2: Well, he blurts out random things that always make the episode. His favorite color is purple.
0: The other part of the theory that I did see is that it would explain why he had his hair in braids in episode one and then not in braids after that. So he could put the wig on. Hmm. He's not top of my list by any stretch of the imagination. He would be a very boring choice as a mole.
2: Yeah, but I'm definitely going to start looking at him a bit more because of this episode. Just just something that can counter the, it's definitely Anna. <laughs> oh, I have another theory on who it might be if it isn't Anna.
0: But we'll get to that later. Uh, so Rick then gives Euron and Fons a hint, which is 17 pieces, 19 pieces, 21 pieces, and 38 pieces. And the other six are going for a horse-drawn carriage ride. Along the way, they will find combinations of colours and amounts attached to lampposts. When they reunite with Jeroen and Fonslater, they should be able to argue about what the right amount they can earn is. And, of course, what is the right amount?
1: 2008. Should we just, you know, be quiet and let you rant for five minutes?
0: I've said all I need to say. I screenshotted the corner of the screen when that came up, and just basically said, What the ever-living fuck?
2: At least it ended in an even number...
0: Yeah, it ended in an even number that they still can't achieve. The maximum for the season is sixty-seven thousand six hundred forty-one euros. That's <laughs> bullshit, Maluska.
2: And Rianne got to sit in the carriage the whole time, so I'm we... glad. Uh, you know, we were really—I was really worried that she would have to be on her feet and do something this this week, but no, she got to sit in the carriage. And she wasn't even using the walkie-talkie. I believe it was Anna who held the walkie-talkie the whole time. Yeah, she got to be happy movie
0: What even was the point of the walkie-talkies? That's the thing. There was no point to them in that challenge. Because
2: they still got to confer at the end with all of them, with everything they had written down.
0: Yeah. I think the logic basically was, add together all the numbers that are associated with each colour, multiply it by the 17, 19, 21, or 38, and you'd get 2008 in the end. But still, it's just... Nonsense. Mm. This challenge was not just boring, but it was boring and impossible to understand. It's a lethal combination.
2: Well, I was—I wrote down my notes. It's not a very good challenge if the full explanation for it doesn't happen until the challenge is over.
0: Yeah. I don't even think the full explanation happened, though.
2: Oh, right, that's right. They didn't even say the multiply. They just said, oh, you would have gotten 2008 between the numbers you got and then the four... Uh, the colored numbers that your Owen and Fons had, yeah, it didn't even say multiply it by by whichever to get two thousand eight. So no, you're right. We didn't even get an explanation to the challenge. It was just oh, well, if you would have gotten two thousand eight if you did these first couple steps, all you had to do was figure out this third step, which you will never know about, and neither will the audience. You guys are dumb for not knowing that.
1: Yeah, I. I just understood it as, you know, you work out which four colours those numbers were, and then you just added the signs for those colours only, and that was it. But even then, it's kind of impressive that they managed to take one of the dullest tasks from one of the dullest Amazing Race seasons ever and make it even more boring. It just didn't make any sense. Was
2: there a scenario where they could have won this challenge? I'm trying to think.
0: The thing is, it requires the mole to definitely not be Fonsor-Your-Own, and obviously we know half of that, the mole definitely wasn't, but it also relies on the person in the carriage with the mole checking their answers. Hmm. That's the only way around it, is to basically figure out a way to sideline the mole.
1: And even then, you've got to hope nobody else is pretending to sabotage in this challenge.
2: Yeah, one wrong number, and then you you go from having about a 2 or a 3% success rate to this challenge down to zero. Yeah. Mm. Zero one.
0: Yeah, this this was an impossible challenge, but also I do understand why 2008 was the answer. It was then hinting at the old mole coming back from the 2008 season. But also, I do have to say it again they should never have a maximum on a challenge that is not fulfillable in the money if they're insisting upon having a treasure and more money in the season. Because all that would have happened is Rick would have gone, yeah, the answer was 2008, but we'll give you 2010 because that's all we can fulfill, which is nonsense.
2: And the 2008 number, they would have to come up with out of a possibility of a few potential numbers to complete the challenge. Yeah. And that's not a number that's super obvious even if you, you're well-versed in Vidum, especially the contestants.
0: It's also worth pointing out that they didn't get a single flag number correct either. They managed to get all of the colours correct, but mix up the numbers on them.
2: And of course, the, high, the only highlight for this challenge is just Euro and, and his hat running around like a maniac, counting <laughs> all of the flags.
0: And also, Tusker calling Case an old bastard of mine.
2: <laughs> yes, I did, I did write down that quote yeah. too. I was I, thinking, well, can you narrow it down a bit for this season as to who you're referring
1: to? I did appreciate when they were arguing about, you know, what the actual answer was. Somebody just shouts out, no, because that's not an amount of money.
2: Oh, and then with Anna's notes, uh, own had the brilliant quote of saying, it looked like it was uh, notes for the next nuclear bomb. It looked like the Manhattan Project.
0: I mean, we know that own goes in this episode. He had a good final episode. He had a very funny final episode.
2: I was surprised that after how the first episode played out, that your Rowan would be the biggest character in the next uh, four subsequent episodes, with just just with how excitable he would get, while no one else was really excited at all.
0: Yeah, Bindles and I were discussing earlier whether he ascends to the tier of a Harmstone favor, and I think he has to, under the Nan Chan rule of this guy is just unintentionally hilarious at every opportunity. So yeah. It's a huge loss for the season. If you were going to have one person left on your team this season, I was hoping it was going to be your own, to be honest on <laughs> Yeah.
1: Looks like it's going to be
0: once. Hey. So, yeah. Rick comes back, tells him that 17 referred to yellow, 19 to blue, 21 to orange, and 38 to green. If they'd added everything up, they would have got 2008. As it is, they got nothing for the pot.
2: And there's a reference to Tusk's Wedding.
0: Yeah, do you know the story of Tuska's wedding?
2: No. She let me get it. Had on. a wedding? She had a
1: wedding, yeah.
0: <laughs> Marika
1: was talking about it on Discord yesterday. So Tuska's husband, uh his brother married Susan from Hong Kong, Philippines.
2: She's how small is this country?
1: Twelve people. Um so basically Susan. And Tuska are sisters-in-law, I think. It's it's, it's confusing. But um, Susan's husband is no longer with us, so maybe not sisters-in-law anymore? I don't know. They're
0: ex-sisters-in-law, now, technically. But yeah, there is a mole connection anyway with Tuska.
1: So, you know, that's probably who answered Susan as their favourite mole when that, that test question came up.
0: So they return to the hotel for a debrief over lunch, and it seems that the lack of money that they earned in the challenge also extends to the lack of plates that they're provided. (laughs) Yeah,
2: (laughs) I noticed that too. Why do we all have like the takeaway containers?
0: You'd have thought that they would have given them a proper table and some plates, for goodness' sake.
2: I was surprised. I was thinking it's just like they're about to check out of a hotel, and and the the staff say, "Well, you can you know wait in that seated uh, seating area by the bar there." Until your bus comes.
0: The other funny thing about the 2008 maximum that I do need to mention is I had a lot of messages off people going, Oh, I bet you loved that maximum on the first challenge. I'm like, Of course I didn't! What the ever living fuck are they doing? But I just love that I've just got this reputation now of being yeah. the one person who goes, What the ever living fuck are they doing? as soon as they do a wonky maximum. So they then head to a nearby square where they find their next assignment, which Logan knows nothing about individual phones under umbrellas, and mole-shaped piñatas hanging. Rick rings them and tells them they can earn a lot of money or lose a lot of money in this challenge. 38,640 euros are at stake, and never before in Vista Mole has so much money been at stake. And of course, the footnote to this is, obviously it's going to be impossible for them to earn 38,640 euros, because there will be a twist.
2: It's not even true, though, because... um... Yeah, the Japan Karaoke Challenge, I believe they could have earned uh, a lot more.
0: That is a good point. It was a million euro challenge, that one, and they do seem to have forgotten about that. Yeah. I genuinely still, it's what, two, three years since we did the Japan Historians at this point, I wonder what their theoretical maximum was for that challenge, because I think we said 3,000.
1: Yeah. But I wonder if they pitched it any higher than that. I don't know. There's a... Um quite a few challenges that basically have unlimited prizes like the nationality challenge in El Salvador and a couple of other ones. There's the pot doubler challenge in Oregon which basically was you know 60,000 whatever it was. The highest like set value that I could find was 27,500 and that was the very first challenge of the first celebrity um, season but I couldn't find anything that was actually, like, a a set amount anywhere near 38,640, but even then, there's so many, you know, exceptions to the rule that you can't really claim this as the biggest prize ever.
2: Didn't they earn a lot in that first Portugal challenge? Mm, uh,
1: I think it was... No, that might have been 44,000, because I think from memory it was 2,000 a person, 11 people, and then you had a chance to double it, so... Yeah, that would have been 44,000.
0: At risk of crossing the streams and doing an amazing race-related rant here, are we actually fact-checking production here?
2: Uh, yes.
0: Hang on. This feels like a very Amazing Race podcast thing to do. We don't yeah. usually do
1: this on Vidim of going, actually, guys... Yeah, that's okay. Mexico invented democracy. <laughs> well, fuck off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did I tell you I had someone argue with me last week, I think it was, Son, as Um about Switzerland inventing democracy.
2: And uh, that came up again?
0: <sighs> yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, this is on the other Discord server that we, we chat about offline. Um, someone did try and go, well, actually, yeah, you could argue for it. And I'm like, no, you can't. It's bullshit.
1: Greece literally exists. And calm. Uh, <laughs> I, have, I have a question about this challenge. Why did Rick have to introduce the challenge over the phone?
0: Uh, because he couldn't be ours turning up, as always. Okay. Have you not noticed how little Rick appears in these episodes now?
1: Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm surprised we didn't we didn't get a reaction shot for the 38,000. A couple of people just sort of looked vaguely disinterested, but we didn't really get, you know, the sort of, oh, that's a lot of money sort of shot that you would expect from, you know, people on a game show. It's one step
0: above Rick sitting in a hotel room eating ice cream or singing a song about empty yards at this point.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe he was in the hotel, but he had one of those, like, takeaway containers. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. I can't leave my food. It doesn't (laughs) travel. Just, you know, (laughs) sin in a song about how three taquitos makes a taco.
0: So they will receive phone calls telling them which piñatas to smash, and the correct piñatas contain information on the location of the money in the form of parts of a map. Each incorrect piñata smashed costs them €250 from the pots. They are 45 minutes, but it will take 15 minutes to get to the location, so in 30 minutes' time, the treasurer and one other person may get on a mehari to the destination of their choice. Tuska then gets the first call, which is hinting at a big fan of Vista Mole, which is Molota, and Anna gets a call for Euroan. The correct piñatas can be identified by putting words around the word mole. Tuska's returns to the vans, Molota, so she is looking for loot. Jeroen's is the study of fruit, which is pomology. Presumably very similar in Dutch.
1: Huh, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, no, I had to look it up. Um, yeah, I looked it up. I'm presuming it's very similar in, in Dutch, but pomology is the, yeah. uh, the answer that Your Own was looking for. Uh, Babs then gets the avocado sauce coming from Mexico, which is guacamole. Each open piñata gives a portion of the route, leading to the location where €38,640 is waiting in €5 euro notes. 7,728 of them, to be precise. They couldn't even come up
1: with an actual number of notes.
0: Yeah, I I was thinking that. They must have had a lot of these five euro notes, because obviously they knew what was going to happen. They knew they were going to send the old mole in, and that person would then start shredding. I hated every fiber of this challenge as soon as we get to this point of the episode, which is the bit that Logan hasn't seen yet. We're obviously at the point where your own screams for Rosario, which is delightful, and Fuzzy even pointed out that actually, if you keep watching that split second moment, you do see that the guy sitting on a bench behind your own takes his headphones off and looks at your own, just being like, "What the actual fuck are you screaming about?" <laughs> the old mole from Mexico then appears. They get access to the money room and start shredding the notes. And I believe the significance of the €38,640 is it is the exact amount that the mole kept from the pot in that season.
1: It's not, actually. Because I, you know, went and double-checked that. So, I don't know you know, how specific I can get with Logan, but the final pot was about 20000 that season, out of a possible 100900 Jesus. Yeah, so they were, they should have had about 80500 so they weren't even halfway there. So it's just a completely random number, really.
0: Could the argument be potentially that it was the money that the mole specifically themselves kept out of the pot? Not that I'm defending them in the slightest, but
1: it seems like an incredibly specific number. I mean, you know, possibly, but I don't know how you would calculate that considering the way some of the challenges in that season were structured. Yeah, I don't know.
0: I think later in this challenge, they say the reason that the mole shredded exactly 38,000 euros is because that's the amount that they kept out of the pot. Yeah. I love how Logan's sitting
1: here just being like, this is brand new information to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although the um, the little intro scene where they, they show the mole calling the current mole and, you know, learning that they left the key under the doormat. I feel like that's sort of like a perfect encapsulation of how the show has dumbed itself down over the years that the old mold didn't even have to do anything challenging. Yeah, so we've gone from, you know, legitimate challenges to, you know, kids' board games and whatever to, oh, the keys under the doormat. Just, you know, let yourself in. The main
0: issue that I have with this challenge is that if you're going to offer a prize like 38,640 euros, even if you're not intending on actually giving it out, it should be possible to earn that entire amount. Yeah. If the old mole appears five minutes into this challenge or whatever it is, gets access to the villa where the money's hiding, and then just starts ripping stuff up and shredding it, and all that, that's bullshit. Just be yeah. honest about not wanting to give these people 38,640 euros. Mm. Stop clouding it in a, oh, we might yeah. do this, because it's bullshit. You're never yeah. going to actually offer that money.
2: Yeah, Just be honest. It- You're never going to get this.
1: Yeah, there's no reason this couldn't have just been, you know, five thousand one euro notes. Well, ex- except for the, you know, they don't have one-euro notes, but they could make some.
0: Yeah, I mean, this season would be greatly improved if they just added in a one-euro note, but that's another argument. They absolutely should have had a possible way to do 38,640 euros, regardless of the new mole helping the old mole get into the villa or whatever it was. If it takes 15 minutes to travel from the square to that villa... The old mole should not have been anywhere near that villa in the first fifteen minutes,
1: yeah, even if they'd had to you know set it up, so they had the old mole at the plaza when the challenge started, and then he or she had to go to the villa during the time limit from there, so they basically didn't get there for the first fifteen minutes. I think that would have worked, and then you know you wouldn't have had the reveal at the end, but i I don't think the rest of this challenge was worth that reveal. The other
0: idea would be, have the old mole competing against these new contestants, and have the new mole helping the old mole work out where the villa is first. Because it's all well and good, them having access to the villa and being able to shred all this money. Yeah. But it felt cheap to let them do it straight away. There's, hmm. that, sort of a, that sort of a thing should absolutely be earned. Yeah. Or alternatively, flip it on its head, let them get to the villa in time, fudge the time or whatever... And let the old mole offer them a dilemma. Uh. Thank you, Saunders. Let the old mole go, well, there's 38,640 euros in this room. Do you want to play me to try and earn some of it? Because that would have felt less cheap. There there's no reason for the treasurer to go anywhere. Now, as it stands, this is just a really cheap way to go, well, we offered you 38,640 euros. It wasn't possible to earn it, but we offered it. And aren't we good guys for doing that? No, you're just cheap. I'm sorry, yeah,
2: what was the realistic amount they could have earned?
0: Six hundred and forty euros. What? Because the old mole was left unattended in that villa for forty five minutes and shredded thirty eight thousand worth of five euro notes. If they'd got there early enough, then maybe they could have got a couple of grand out of it. But I reckon easily halfway through this challenge, there was less than ten thousand euros in that room.
1: oh, yeah, that like they were they had the old mole call the plaza and stall for time by asking the new mole how much time was left yeah did we hear the mole say yes when the mole called about to ask about the time limit i don't think so
0: i mean there was a subtitle that said yes yeah but i don't think we actually heard the real new mole's voice okay i think there's a trick to that somewhere okay being honest So the map's not even complete with 15 minutes left, and Fonz suggests just breaking all of the pinatas to get the card pieces and the 38,640 euros, not realising that obviously they're never going to offer that money. And they don't even leave until 12 and a half minutes are left on the clock, and the time runs out, and it's obviously going to cost them a fortune. Rick then meets Babs, and Fonz scornfully at the villa, and they see the shredded notes. He also confirms that the former mole was there to destroy the notes to help the new mole. The amount that they destroyed was what they kept from the pot in 2008, allegedly. And they also broke seven wrong pinatas for a total of minus €1,750 Euros of 38640 for the challenge. And Babs also puts the idea out there that the old mole rang the new one for updates on their progress.
2: Seems like Babs is fairly certain as to who the mole is right now.
0: Yeah. Do you think it would ruin the season if Babs comes back in episode 5 and then wins?
1: It wouldn't help the season. No, and I think the season's on life support as it is.
0: Yeah, I think I think it would genuinely be a Euroan-sized asterisk to the season if someone can miss four of the episodes, nearly, and then just come back yeah. and storm it. It wouldn't feel as earned. Because obviously Babs has then potentially got all the information from Yip and Justin to go, well, it's not this person, it's not this person, it's not this person.
2: That's like any may, any of the major competitive reality shows when they bring back a player after being eliminated. It's well, if they win, it's going to be an asterisk no matter what. So you're thinking why do that twist in the first place? Yeah. Cuz there's never it's it's never going to be a a way where somebody comes back after being eliminated, wins the game and then everyone is happy about it. That's just that's just never going to happen.
1: Yeah. There's one season where they eliminated a player and then they won their way back in the next challenge. And then sort of when that player made it to the second last episode or something, they came up with an excuse to make it a Final Four just so when you get to the Final Three, you don't think, okay, that's not the player, that's not the mole. One of these two other people is the mole. Like they basically had to ensure there was an extra person there just so that wouldn't happen. And I I wonder whether they're thinking about doing that again this season.
2: Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, it would be extremely unfair potentially at final three it's like well i got eliminated picking player one instead of player two as the mole so i know it has to be player two
0: we've got three executions left this season before the final potentially they're gonna have to have a final four aren't they
2: it's funny because more australia had a twist bringing a player back after elimination and twice (laughs) (laughs) yeah twice in the same season and that guy didn't even win
0: (laughs) I don't necessarily mind bringing people back the very next challenge. I mind bringing people back after a week of downtime with two other people who've already been executed who can tell that person who they suspected. Yeah,
2: because I was about to say then was it, Vidim Scotland, it was that person was eliminated the same round and then came back.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's happened a few times in, in early Vidim that they do that, but it's almost immediately they bring them back.
2: Mm. Yeah. And I was about to say with, yeah, Vidim the first Celebrity Vidim season, yeah, they brought the guy back right away after another person was medically evacuated.
1: (laughs) And, like, I, I don't mind if they do that sort of twist the way Belhue does it, where it's, you've got the red screen, but then you can play this challenge to win an exemption, and if you win an exemption, the next worst performer goes home. Like, I don't mind if they do it that way sometimes. But, yeah, four episodes later is ridiculous.
0: The Germany consequence to that is that when germany's reboot did that idea of a twist they said oh yeah if you come back then the next worst person's gonna go but we're not gonna tell you who that is until the next morning and they're literally gonna get escorted from the next challenge by quad bike amazing so they then made them wait until the very next morning and then it was like oh yeah before we start doing this challenge which is nonsense obviously uh yeah here's a quad bike to take one of you away. bye
2: has a player ever skipped out on three full episodes of of uh, the mole before in any franchise? Because uh... usually, all every every um, returning player twist I can think of, it's usually either the same episode or the very next one they come back. I can't think of one.
1: No, the uh, Venom season in Argentina, uh, which is one of the Carol seasons, they open the season by basically forcing them to pick two people to sit out for a couple of episodes, and then they don't come back until the end of episode three. And then in episode three, they have a chance to win an exemption. But that's probably the only one I can think of.
2: But not one where a player gets eliminated and is a genuinely eliminated player for multiple episodes. No.
0: No, and and like you can absolutely rule Babs out here because there is no way that they are going to, as I said last week, leave the mole's return up to chance, they're not going to keep the mole out of the game for potentially three episodes, and they're also probably not going to be allowed to rig it against Yip and Justin. So therefore, you can absolutely guarantee that Babs is not the mole at this point, I think.
1: And also, you know, the test for episodes two and three, if it was Babs, how would they know what to answer? How would they know you know, which answers were right? Like, there's no way to get any result at all in episodes two or three. I think if Babs
0: is the mole, this show is getting a Viking
1: funeral. <laughs> yeah, I think
0: that's my ultimatum on it.
2: <laughs> but yeah, just I was yeah, I just thought that through too. That yeah, any person who's returned, they've never been able to compare notes with uh, with other eliminated players before coming back. That's way too much information for Babs to have. It really is the Chris Underwood situation all over again in Survivor.
0: Yeah, the Chris Underwood situation is a great way to describe it because obviously traditionally in survivor if you went home and there was a uh, returning twist of some description like the outcast twist or whatever you'd still probably not be able to get that much of an advantage out of it as soon as you introduce edge of extinction he's literally on an island for 30 odd days with every single person who's going to be on that jury and he can charm them there was no way he wasn't going to win but it then adds an asterisk to the season of going well he had a bit of an unfair advantage. He got voted out super early, and then got to smooth the jurors for four weeks. That should not necessarily be rewarded.
2: And then play for what two idols, and then win a fire making challenge and win the game.
0: Yeah, he he came came back with the opportunity to have an idol, then did fire making challenge, and then won. And it's taken however many years for him to then come back and do the challenge USA and actually get a legitimate victory on a show.
1: Although it is the challenge, so how much of it is really legitimate?
0: <laughs> it is. I was waiting for that joke. I made a challenge joke as uh, part of the Instagram story last week because people have been bitching about this season as challenge and how nobody went home for about six episodes, I think it was.
1: Because
0: hmm. of the, the format of the season. I don't watch the challenge, and I can't sort of believe we're getting into the challenge chat here, but what I believe is that they're doing a season where nobody has everyone who's playing has not won a season before. So it's battle for a new champion and it's split into three phases. The middle phase was 10 rounds of people getting nominated for elimination and then a former challenge champion coming back and challenging them for 10 grand out of the prize pot. If the challenge champion won, they took 10 grand with them and eliminated that person. If the challenge champion didn't, that person stayed in the game. And I think it was, I think it was three of the 10 champions won. Wow. So there was a solid like five or six episode streak of nobody going home. Oh, what terrible television. That's almost
1: Australian. <laughs> That's almost Australian.
0: Yeah. It then got to the point, now where in the third phase, I believe they're having to uh, eliminate the worst performer in each challenge to make up the elimination order that they need to actually do to get to the finale when they, they have to. Oh. So yeah, it's a mess, and it's hilarious seeing the reactions of the challenge fans. My one sort of input to this season on the challenge is correcting someone when they said Colleen from Mole Germany won Mole Germany. She didn't. She was the mole. She was literally found. That's the point of the show, you morons. So, it is day 10, and it's time to do it like the Mayans. They're at Yashuna, roughly 20 kilometers from Chichen Itza. Rick meets them there individually with 8 envelopes in front of him, Behind him are nine tables, some of which contain money. However, they can swap the money out for advantages one, two, or three yokers, or a torpedo. If three people claim a torpedo, all three of them will have an exemption. However, the more they risk, the more it will cost. One yoker is one envelope, two is two, three is three, and the torpedo is four. The envelopes by Rick contain no euros, minus 500, minus a thousand, or minus 3000. And unlike the traditional path of temptation, they don't see what's in each box, and they can backtrack as much as
2: they want. I thought production was going to be more brutal with how many, uh, how much money they were going to lose this challenge.
0: I mean, it was over half. They're now yeah. <laughs> sort of half Albania levels again.
2: But I was expect, I was expecting minus three thousand, minus a thousand, minus five hundred.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, and I wasn't expecting anybody to find money either. I was expecting a solid forty five hundred. Euros to come out of the pot from that challenge alone.
0: You also uh, sort of ignoring the fact that there was a potential minus 24k out of the pot here. <laughs> if everyone had picked minus 3,000, it would have dropped the pot by 24,000 Euros, and they would have had to massively give them money in the next four
2: episodes. Yeah. Do you think they for sure would have done that? They would have had to.
1: They would have regretted putting the 38,000 Euro challenge before this.
2: Yeah.
0: If they dropped 24 grand on this one, they would have been down to, what, minus 15, roughly? Mm. They would have had to give them so much money in the remaining four episodes they can earn money this season to make it a viable pot. It would have had to be, like, a guaranteed 25 grand win to actually make it worthwhile for anyone to compete. Which, to be fair, would have been hilarious.
2: As soon as Rick said there was a minus 3,000 envelope, I was thinking, hmm, I think production thinks they have too much money in the pot right now.
0: (laughs) I will also say this now, if Rosario ends up being the mole and one of his sabotages is, oh, I took the three grand envelope, that is bullshit. That yeah. is not a sabotage, that is production-induced rigging, and I am <laughs> going to come down very hard on that in five weeks' time if it is it.
2: I, I should note too that um, I knew Rosario was going to have minus 3,000 because they put him at the very end. Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, it's going to be a bunch of zeros, maybe minor value. And as soon as Tuska opened up three Yokers, I was thinking, there's no way Rosario is going to have anything good for himself or the group inside that envelope. It's going to be that gut punch that the challenge will inevitably have. It would have been funnier, though, if it was just, you know, minus, or what was it, 250 years for the pot, minus 500, Tuska gets Yokers, and everyone else has zero, and that was it for the challenge.
0: Yeah, like... From a mole sabotage point of view, I don't think you necessarily want to cost the pot too much money here. You want to let everyone maybe get an advantage because it doesn't bother you. You want to make sure that nobody earns money in this challenge. Yeah. Losing money is a bonus, but I don't think the mole would necessarily go, oh, I'm going to go straight for the minus three grand because, you know, fuck you guys.
1: Yeah. I was so bored by this challenge.
0: Oh yeah, it's it's like they took the path of temptation and made it dull. Yeah, I love a path of temptation challenge. This was boring as
2: all hell. I was just I was thinking too that given how much was up for grabs in this challenge, it's funny that Tuska earns the three jokers and then uses all of the yokers about two minutes later in the episode. So everything that happened in that challenge, in terms of items that were up for grabs, is already already it's already irrelevant.
0: The other interesting thing is that they don't really dwell on the fact that Tuska had more yokers than those three. She had at least one more. Yeah, from the phone call. Because she earned it in the bike ride.
2: Oh, right. Did she play the four yokers, or no? Just She played three. So she's still hanging on to one then, but it wasn't mentioned in a confessional or anything, was it?
1: No.
0: no. That's the thing, because they've stretched this nonsense over two episodes, the four people who earned any yokers in that first challenge last week. They've still got the yokers, they just haven't mentioned it, necessarily. That's weird.
2: That's weird, they didn't mention, yeah, because you think at least somebody else would use a yoker this round. Yeah. And there wasn't mentioned any confessionals, so did production forget to give them their yoker?
0: I don't know. But Tuska was the main event, obviously, because she got three yokers in this challenge. But she then plays three yokers, and she still has at least one more, because they were very vague on how many yokers everyone got in that first challenge last week
2: that's strange to have four yokers and play three of them at once
0: yeah um the other thing worth flagging as well with this challenge is this is the suspect list question this week which is what did the mole go for in this challenge was it one yoker two yokers three yokers or the tapita three
2: yokers
1: yeah
0: i think it's probably three yokers i didn't look at the distribution on it i just thought that it was about time we had a four-option question, and this is a nice, nasty one. Yeah. And also, I didn't want to do any question that would have required fully watching the second challenge when I knew we were probably not going to talk about it properly on the podcast.
1: I, I did think it interesting that they were clearly trying for the torpedo to get into play, and then only two people even chose to play for it. Oh yeah,
0: the the hilarious punchline would have been, Oh, your own, you found a torpedo. Oh, Fonz, you found a torpedo. No one else did, so it's utterly irrelevant. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. GG's, guys.
2: So close. <laughs>
0: I also love how in the second challenge we completely skipped over most of the detail, including the sneaky um, minus money that I spotted that they didn't draw attention to. There was minus money? Well, we saw two bits of minus money opened in that uh, second challenge. One of which is Anna. Yeah. Opening the pinata with the minus money. Yeah. We saw you, Rowan, do the same. Yeah, <laughs> juggling it. But we also saw a second one for Yurowen that they didn't draw attention to. It was in the background of one of the shots. He was opening oh. another one of them. So that's worth flagging. Yurowen actually, mm. from what we saw, did the most sabotage in that second challenge and then, you know, went home. Yeah. So Yurowen picks the Tapito and its four corresponding envelopes. They're all on the neon tables again. Fons also goes for the Tapito. Tuska goes for three yokas, as does Anna. Case goes for two, as does Rian. Babs picks
1: three, and Rosario picks two. What would you have? Take what would you have wanted to play for in this challenge? Three. I'd go for three Yokers. I would probably go for two or three. Like if I was the mole, you know, either three or the torpedo, because doesn't really make a difference to me either way. If I was a player, I think the odds of getting that envelope are so low, like it's one in nine and then with at least one, you know, two or three whatever that have fines in there, I don't think it's worth Going for anything too big Like I I think they got the balance wrong here
0: I think it also depends Who you are because if you were in the market Group or Babs Hmm. uh, Then you have to play a bit more Aggressively because you know that That team have probably got yokers Because Rick has confirmed To their faces at this point That there were advantages available on the bike ride Yeah My assumption and I know Fuzzy got very annoyed At them just saying oh there's money in some of these Envelopes Hmm. The maximum amount that each person could earn was 250 euros. We know that for a fact because the maximum for the challenge was 2000. Yeah. My assumption is in the nine envelopes, originally, were five bits of money, four empty envelopes. Hmm. Each additional envelope that someone picks took one of the money envelopes out, but not necessarily the 250 euro one because we saw that Babs picks it. Yeah. So the 250 still had to be in there. So presumably, say it changed from five money, including the €250 Euros. in Babs' case, because she bit three envelopes, it would have been the three envelopes that she picks plus the three yoker envelope replacing the money envelope. So if you pick the torpedo you're guaranteed not to be able to earn any money, I think. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure given that it was a, a nine envelope potential that it started off as five money, four empty. The empties never change. The five envelopes then obviously get amended with what you end up picking. If you pick the Topito, you'll have four nasty envelopes, potentially an empty one, or minus 500, minus 1,000, minus 3,000, and your prize will be there as well, because we know it's a 1 in 9 chance. Yeah, I think they also said, I think Rosario said that the minus 3,000 was a 1 in 9 chance. Mm. Or probably a 1 in 8 chance, actually. Which means there was only one 3 grand envelope, I suspect it was probably three empties, two minus 500s, two minus 1,000s, and then one minus 3,000. That's my suspicion on the distributions. Yeah. Obviously, pulling the numbers out my arse, but I was thinking about this yesterday. That's the most likely distribution, I think. So there's not a lot particularly interesting in this. Tuska said it would be very useful right now. She was superstitious. Fon sniffs the envelope. Babs gets guided by her intuition. Rianne decides to calmly observe like the envelopes are actually going to, you know, fucking move. (laughs) Like just prop up. (laughs) Yeah. They immediately cut to to Case saying he doesn't think it matters what he picks so he picks something crooked. (laughs) Rick then meets them all and says they shouldn't be surprised that everyone went for themselves. Fonts open opens nothing, Ryan gets nothing, Babs gets plus 250, Anna minus 500, Jeroen nothing, Case nothing, Tuska, three yokers, and Rosario minus 3,000 for a total of minus 3,250 of 2,000 euros for the challenge, minus 5,000 of 42,648 for the episode, and 4,025 of 67,641 euros for the season so far. And it turns out that picking your favourite colour isn't always the best idea. I did think it was very interesting that they coupled Tuska, who did pick her favourite colour of yellow, getting her three yokers, and then Rosario picks his favourite colour of purple and gets the minus 3000. Both one in nine chance of happening.
1: Interesting that Rick didn't warn them that the test was coming at the end. It's just like, oh, have a nice day, and then then it, it kind of felt like production were like, oh shit, we've got to do a test. We haven't done
0: one of those in a while. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it certainly looks like the first challenge of next episode is going to be also on day 10 at the Mayan Temple. Yeah. It looks like they're basically going to go straight from your own execution to, oh, by the way, you get another challenge here at Yeshuna. So it's now time for the test. 20 questions about the identity and actions of the mole. Whoever knows these goes home except for the mole who can never go home. Fonz, Tuska, Rosario, and Case all have yokas to play. Not that we know how many there are. Tsuska says she knows she isn't the only one with an advantage. Fonz has at least two yokers. Rosario has at least one and Case has at least one. She plays her three. She's not going out without using them. And she's spreading over Rosario, Fonz, Yerouan and Rianne. And is letting Anna go. Anna says they're often in small teams or alone in previous assignments. So she's betting on Fonz, Tuska, and Rosario. This is Bab's second test, not fourth. It would be a great shame if she went home now. She's playing it safer and spreading on a maximum of four people here. Rosario plays his yoker. Babs is in a strong position because she knows who it isn't, thanks to Yip and Justin. Farns plays a yoker. If all four with Yokas play theirs, half the group has an advantage. Anna is his main suspect, then Rianne and Tuska. Rianne is often in the background, which is crazy because she's an actress and shows her theatrical side outside of assignments. Rianne thinks she's going home, but she thought that for five episodes now, as have we. Rosario <laughs> is very smart. He say- <laughs> He says things to manipulate the group. Case looks relaxed, and that's why she's suspicious of him. Kay says Babs is a difficult case because she returned. She told him she wasn't entirely truthful with the group, and he plays his yoker. And your Rowan says, Where you look is what you see. Everyone is weird in their own way. Everyone is suspicious, and everyone is fanatical. There's a lot of people still spreading on a lot of people this week. Yeah, I mean, we're going down to two this week, spoilers. <laughs> I'm bored of us having three, even though, you know, seven people left is still in the three threshold. We're doing two this week.
2: For Rianne to go home, though, she would have to physically go somewhere. So maybe that's Ah, why she hasn't gone home yet. Yeah,
0: Rianne, we still haven't arranged your transport to the execution van, so you're going to have to stay another week, I'm afraid, my love.
1: (laughs) Although I didn't even get a van this week. Jerome
0: just had to walk off. Well, to be fair, he is in the middle of nowhere. He probably traveled back with with the production once they'd finished the next
2: challenge. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, maybe he'll be be in a box for next challenge then. He can't go anywhere anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean, with the caveat that obviously I don't enjoy people coming back and having an inherent advantage, bring back your own, please. Yeah. (laughs) Words I never thought I'd be saying on this podcast five weeks ago, but bring back your own.
1: Yeah. We need a Vidim Euroenaissance.
0: Yeah, exactly. He's the Euroan who should have been cast for Renaissance. Imagine him as a mole. It'd be amazing. So Rick says that people have become wiser and some people even came back. Yokers have entered the game through the market and through the temple complex. Babs, Rosario and Anna all get green screens before our fallen hero, Yeroen, gets the red and is sent home. He
2: gone.
0: <laughs> he gone. Mm. And it's a real shame that it wasn't Babs because I had so many Groundhog Day themed jokes prepared for if she went home. So many. Such a missed opportunity. Yeah. Happy Groundhog Day to Daniel Peak, by the way. Yeah, he does celebrate it, we think. (laughs) Logan won't be aware of what that's a reference to, which is even better. Just another thing I don't know about this week. Yeah, when Dan did uh, his quizzy bingo, one of the questions that he wrote was question number nine, which film starring Bill Murray is about a guy reliving a a day over and over again? And it became a recurring joke mainly spurred on by me, I'll be honest, to ask Dan later on to repeat question number nine over and over again. And I (laughs) managed to get him so Uh many times with this. (laughs) To the point where every single Groundhog Day, he gets a tweet from my account. Arguably, I did forget to schedule it this year. But every single year, I tweet him uh, saying, happy Groundhog Day, Daniel Peake. And I usually get some sort of response just going, you're a dick. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's it's one of my favorite
1: little little fun jokes that Dan just celebrates groundhog day we can't help it <laughs> you know what's interesting about the the um executions this season because we didn't have one last week and then Justin got these red screen first the week before we're 5 episodes yeah. in and Fon still hasn't seen his screen all season really yeah that's interesting cuz i think the last time that happened it was an actual clue
0: that the mole never needed to see the screen
1: yeah. Fonz hasn't seen his screen, and then I think like two or three other people haven't seen one since week one. The people who saw the screen this week were basically the same people who saw it in week two.
0: I mean, you did message me on Sunday just going, I've seen the result for uh, for Vidim and sob. yeah, or scream it was, wasn't it? Scream. And I'm like, oh yeah. no. It's probably going to be Anna then. We're going to be absolutely fucked on the suspicions. And I'm going to be fucked on the pool. And yeah. I'm going to get Babs. And then... Anna was the third person to get her name typed in. And I'm like, oh my God, here we go. The music's building. Oh Christ, I'm going to have a horrible episode of Son is going, ha, ah, you've got Babs now. And then she got a green screen. I'm like, oh, thank God. And then Jerome was the next one typed in. And I'm like, oh no, not the comic relief of the season.
1: Yeah, the funny thing is that I, when I sent that text message to you, I wasn't even talking about the elimination. I just you know, saw that they'd lost $5,000.
0: Ah, <laughs> I just assumed <laughs> that it was about the, uh, the execution, which is even funnier.
1: I mean, equally valid.
0: Yeah. So he gets his highlight reel, which is running and shouting at a volleyball, and he says it's an adventure and a gift, even with the red screen. Gone too soon.
1: Yeah.
0: If Rick was like, what were you thinking? I also think it's fair to say at this point that he is the best Vidim Yeroun we've seen.
2: Yes. Uh, That bar was a very, very, very low bar.
0: I know I've said this before, one of my favourite moments of doing Historians was the moment when you realised just why I dislike Jeroen, just because he's just so boring. It's like, oh yeah, I was wondering going into the season why you had such a hate boner for Jeroen, and I'm like, yeah, he just
2: made
1: no sense as a returnee. Yeah.
2: But he was Elvis.
1: It was a season with ten people, and he was the tenth most logical choice.
2: So next
0: time, Case describes the Mayan alphabet unclearly. Rosario and Babs earn €500 and dancers get removed from the dance floor while carrying tequila. Yeah, I can't
1: wait for an exciting mathematics challenge.
0: (laughs) (laughs) People doing maths is always interesting, I've said it before. So with and leaving, that brings Logan down to just one person in his team, so he gets some reinforcements in the form of Babs, who's definitely going to be the mole.
2: Uh, So so I've got one person in my team.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I said this to Bindles earlier, I don't know how, five weeks in, you've ended up probably being the first person out in this pool. We all thought that Michelle was going to be out, like, probably by last week, let's be honest. And yet, somehow she's the only one with three people still left. Uh, So my team is still Anna and Tuska, and Michelle's is Rosario, Case, and Rianne. There are two weeks potentially left to use switches. I suggest you try and steal off Michelle. Please, Saunders. (laughs) on first suspicions <laughs> only one person which is david lost his first suspicion with your own going only one person which was levi lost number nine in the form of your own with the reintroduction of babs everyone's score jumps up But so with a minimum of 28 points the lowest is currently jason with a score of 35 in last place are three people which is julian david v and our very own logan saunders on 45 points the Dutch suspicions are at the moment, as of the time of recording, Case with twenty four percent, Anna on twenty, Fons on eighteen, Rianne on sixteen, Rosario on thirteen, Tuska on eight, and Babs on one percent. Final two questions: Who do we suspect, and who's going home?
2: So my order of suspicions: Anna, Fons, Rianne, Case, Tuska, Rosario. But I think he might go up higher after as of next week if he's still in. Then I Had Your Own, and then, of course, Babs and Dead Last. And maybe Case will go home next next week.
1: Uh, Anna, Fons, Tuska, Rianne, Rosario, Case, Babs. Um, I think it's Babs next week. I hope it's Babs next week and then we can just get over this.
0: Yeah. Do you think if Babs goes home before the finale that they'll try and find a way to make it a final three. Yeah. Hmm.
2: Yeah, they'll probably do a double elimination after she, if she were to be eliminated.
0: Yeah, because we don't see one in the preview, hmm. which suggests there isn't one next week. But if they don't do one next week, then it's potentially going to go down from six to four. Yeah. Which is a lot.
1: They've done it before.
0: They have done it before, but they did it on Renaissance and then immediately did one challenge and then executed another person. Yeah. <laughs> Lest we forget. Um, so my top two suspects at the moment are Anna and Tuska, and I'm actually leaning more towards Tuska at the moment, with the exception of the suspect list, which I am still putting Anna first, obviously to try and get a clean sweep. And it's because of something that actually came up in a discussion on Discord last week about the puzzle challenge, in that the optimum way to solve a Rubik's Cube is to get a T-shape on all the faces. And mm. I feel like given she loves Rubik's Cubes as we saw last week, if Tuska is the mole, then we are definitely going to see her hold up a Rubik's Cube in the shape of a T to the camera as one of the hints. She's also just been inherently suspicious. I am still gunning for Anna on the suspect list, and as it happens on the bonus question this week, both Anna and Tuska did three yokers, so it makes my life easier. But yeah, I'm sort of leaning more towards Tuska this week than Anna. yeah. Just to really screw up Fuzzy's predictions. I feel like it's got to be one of Michelle's team next week. Seriously, at this point. If it's not Babs or one of Michelle's team, then something is seriously wrong with the boot order this season. Preferably Rosario, just because I want to shoot down any predictions of him being the mole, and him being a really deadly, boring mole. Yeah. My order after Anna and Tuska is Rosario, Rianne, Case, funds and Babs, but it's, it's set dressing at this point, let's be honest.
1: Yeah. Even if it is Rosario, he's still a better
0: mole than last season. Yeah, he's a better mole than last season, but it's just so boringly predictable to have another young male mole. Just give us some variety on this show, please. Anything else you want to say? No. Good. Right answer. In that case... Thank you for listening to our VSTML 2024 recap. We'll be back next week to continue the hunt for another new mole in Mexico. Don't forget to contact us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, where we are, RTV Warriors. Or you can email us in contact us at rtvwarriors.com. Logan's on the artist, formerly known as Twitter, at Logan Bindles is a Grim Recapper, and I'm MJ Harmstone. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash RTV Warriors. Thank you, as always, to Marika for the subtitles, and we will see you next week. Peace
2: out and just chill till the next to flavoring.
1: Shred, 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 Rosario! No, don't, don't start playing it. Fuck off.
0: <laughs> Welcome back to the fifth episode of Eastern World 2024 Recaps from Reality TV Warriors. <laughs>
2: Little Groundhog Day joke for you. <laughs>